Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Matters, your go-to source for the latest industry news and insights. We bring you up-to-date information on the real estate market and discuss the latest trends, technologies, and strategies to help you make informed decisions. And now, we invite you to join us as we explore the exciting world of commercial real estate. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Commercial Real Estate Matters. I'm your host, John Powell, with Phoenix Commercial Properties based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm honored to have a colleague from our office join me today. Kim Mills is a highly respected and valued tenant rep in our region, and she is the immediate past president for the Triangle Commercial Association of Realtors. Kim, thanks for joining me today, and now let's introduce our guest. Today, we're very excited to host Thomas Skip Hill, who is the Vice President and Division Manager of Highwoods Properties based here in Raleigh as well. For our listeners who may not be familiar with Highwoods, they are a publicly traded real estate investment trust and a member of the S&P Midcap 400 Index. Highwoods owns, develops, acquires, leases, and manages properties primarily in the downtown best business districts of Atlanta, Charlotte, Dallas, Nashville, Orlando, Raleigh, Richmond, and Tampa. They're currently located in eight total markets. Skip, thanks so much for joining us today on Commercial Real Estate Matters. Kim and I really appreciate you being with us today. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I really am. It'll be fun. As John said, we are very excited to have you here today, and we'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got into this fantastic, crazy world of commercial real estate. Well, it's pretty simple. I'll tell you that. I, I'm a North Carolinian through and through. I grew up in eastern North Carolina in Greenville, in tobacco fields, literally. Worked in tobacco fields, went to school at Chapel Hill, got out of Chapel Hill, moved to Charlotte to be a banker. The banker relocated me to Greensboro, where I changed my vocation and, and got into the commercial real estate business as a, as a commercial real estate broker. I did that for a few years and then met a gentleman by the name of Norman Samet, who owns a company called Samet Corporation. Yes. Got into that in general contracting and then met a gentleman with Liberty Property Trust, a guy named Larry Gilday, who's a wonderful man and a mentor. And he taught me how to develop office buildings, develop warehouses, lease office space, buy office buildings. It was a great eight years before I joined Highwoods Properties, when I've been with Highwoods now for 20 years. Gracious. I was with Highwoods wow. in Greensboro and Winston for a few years, and then I've been now in this market in Raleigh for about 17 years. It's a lot It's a lot of fun. I love this market. That is awesome. So what role did you start in with Highwoods? So with Highwoods, I started heading up the the leasing and general contracting portion of our business in Winston-Salem. And oversaw leasing. I met a gentleman. Well, during that, I had a gentleman named Ed Fritch, who was our another mentor. He was the president of Highwoods Property and CEO, and he offered an opportunity for me to come to Raleigh and and be the vice president of leasing nationally. So I took that role on for a couple of years. I have five children, and flying around didn't exactly match up, but I was enjoying right. what I did. But there was an opening in the Raleigh division for division head. And I asked Ed if I might have an opportunity to do that. And sure enough, in 2006, I was afforded the opportunity to take this wonderful platform and I'll be a good, hopefully a good steward of it over the last 16 and a half years. And that you have been. 
We are so glad you did and that you came to this market. So during the intro, John mentioned that Highwoods owns, develops, leases, and manages properties. What's the breakdown percentage-wise for our audience of the various asset classes in Highwoods' current portfolio? So we are a a real estate investment trust traded on New York Stock Exchange, and a lot of the investors want a disciplined approach to their portfolio. So we are an office, primarily an office-only REIT. We have some retail and restaurants, probably 1% is that Mm -hmm. component, Mm -hmm. and then 99% of it is the office component. We have about 27 million square feet around the country. Of that 27 million square feet, we have 6.5 million square feet here in the Triangle area. And how much of that is Class A, you know, that upper echelon? Yeah, I'd like to tell you it's 100%. (laughs) So our philosophy is to invest in the best business districts, as you would mentioned earlier, and to have the the most up-to-date properties that can uh, handle uh, what the customers are looking for. We do recycle about five to 10% of our portfolio every year or two. And so I would call those the the class B generally. So it's probably about 5% of, of the overall portfolio is what I'd call less than class A space. And those are properties that you probably developed years ago and you've owned and managed for a while, but really now is the time to maybe sell those off. Right. They're typically older buildings in sub-markets that may not be at the top of the class sure. yet. So. That's what we look to do. Well, we will say as a tenant in a Highwoods building here in Raleigh, Phoenix Commercial Properties knows firsthand what an awesome landlord Highwoods is in the office market. Well, thank you. Let us know if we need to do anything to make your stay better. No, so. I would second that. We we deem you guys best of class. Absolutely. Well, thank you. We all know that the pandemic had a profound effect on the office sector, and remote working's been around for a long time, as has telecommuting. But with the pandemic, we now have this new thing called the hybrid model, where time is split between your home office and in the office building by employers and employees. So share with us how the pandemic and this new hybrid model may have impacted the way Highwoods looks at office space and also looks at prospective tenants. So answer that real quick. I'll go back in recent history. So in March of 2020 is when the pandemic really started hitting the United States and the the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had George Floyd in in May and the systemic racism and challenges that we, we saw through that. Yes. And so there were a lot of people staying at home during the 2020 year. And, and rightfully so. And then we advanced technology to be able to handle working remotely. And, and so it's been a, a godsend. It's been really, really good. We have, ironically, we didn't expect this to happen, but we have had the good fortune of having, over that period of time, collected 99.5% of our rents. Our customers have been wonderful. And you wouldn't think that in a pandemic but they have held on. Now, we did offer – we have about 400 customers in the, in the Raleigh market. And so we we did provide some rent relief to 50 or 60 of our customers. Mm-hmm. And, and so to help them through the tough time. Um, but that was, you know, typically shorter-term rent relief for extensions and that kind of thing. And it, it worked out well. So 
What we're seeing now, what you know, fast forward to today, and we're seeing that yes, work from home. We're I've been watching over the past few years the gradual coming back to the office. Exactly. And so over 21, in 2021, people were getting their vaccinations and that kind of thing and getting a little bit more bold to come back in. It has slowly, consistently, every single quarter, more people are coming back to the office, despite what you're reading in the in the papers or on the news and, and is, is office ever coming back. I'm here to tell you, I've watched it. I was reading an article the other day, and it and it's actually it was today in the Wall Street Journal. It said that Europe and Asia are now seventy to ninety percent back. They're a little bit ahead of us, and we're at forty to sixty percent back. We're actually seeing in our portfolio a little bit more than sixty percent back by, and that's generally by count of cars. Now back can mean five days a week, one day a week, or whatever. Generally, we are exactly. seeing. Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, as you can tell, often people coming back. I have a, a 750-space parking deck outside my window at my office. And so when I try to figure out what's going on in the market, I, you know, my scientific methodology for figuring out what's going on is to go look <laughs> over and see the top of the deck. Look out the window. That's right. And the top of the deck on Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays now is almost completely full. Mondays and Fridays, there's probably – 75% of the space is available, but now it's it, it's almost completely full. Last comment I'll make before moving on is when the pandemic, right before the pandemic started in December of 2019, our portfolio in the Raleigh market, and actually it mirrors what we did overall, was at 89% least. Okay. So we go through all the stuff we've gone through over the last three years. And so where do you think that our at the at 12 2022 where is our occupancy? Amazingly it's at 92%. So through wow. all of that stuff it increased. Now that's a testament to our area, yeah. to the the companies that are in this area, to the Im- immigration of folks coming in from across the country. Correct. And hopefully, you know, it has to do something with how we take care of the buildings. And take care of our customers. And I bet you, Skip, you, as you just touched on that, it's a cumulative response to all the above. We are blessed to be in an amazing market. Y'all deliver an incredible product, and you take care of your customers, just as you've testified and 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 shared with us. And that's reasons that people want to not only come to your buildings, but they want to stay there. Well, thank you for so saying that. I appreciate that. I tell you, part of it is, you know, Part of it is luck, too. During this period, we haven't had any large customers that have had expirations that had they chosen to, they would have left during that period. So there's a little bit of luck involved in that. But our portfolio average size is is about 15,000 square foot customers. So we're tremendously diversified. And so hopefully that gives our investors something to feel confident in. Well, we can testify that the parking lots are filling up <laughs> Good <laughs> at our building as well. So John and I recently had the opportunity to hear the North American president of Lenovo speak, and he was saying how much he wanted their employees back in the office at least four days a week, primarily for the creativity and the innovation that it breeds having everyone together. And also, he wants somewhere for his clients to bring clients to see their work product and to experience that culture that they have. 
What are you seeing building owners do to support employers to help entice employees back to the office or accommodate that hybrid work-from-home model? It's a good question and, and something we, we think about all the time And uh, because we have to – our buildings need to remain relevant and something that, you know, environments that the employees want to come and work. They spend most mm-hmm. of their lives there. Mm-hmm. So what we – you know, we – we have to make our buildings commute worthy is what we call it. And and so how do you do that? You 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 provide amenities for the employers to have for the customers, whether that's retail or restaurant op- options for them, whether that is at outdoor areas, whether it's collaborative areas, whether it is conference rooms. We try to give our, our customers everything they need for their employees so that they can be effective and efficient in what they do. And so we're spending, we have spent over the last, and it, it was prior to this pandemic, the the last probably eight to 10 years really focused on this investing in our buildings. I, I tell you what's interesting. You hear a lot about flight to quality. That's mm-hmm. what you hear a lot. And, and yes, there is flight to quality. Flight to quality means different things to different people. It might mean flight to new. And there's a lot of new buildings that are being built and customers want to go there. That's one that can be new, but it isn't necessarily new buildings. It's flight to quality. Just what you're talking about, Kim, it's the amenities that are available to those employees when they get there to make them effective. It's, it's a, hopefully an owner that invests in the buildings over and over. We're, we're not a, a flip Company, we we typically right. hold our buildings for a long time, twenty right. to thirty years, and we do that. So we invest a pretty good amount in the in the buildings, and hopefully that keeps the customers happy with the HVAC, the mundane things, like HVAC, janitorial, you know, making sure things are are professional, clean that you have the event. So we're seeing that, and we're spending a lot of money on that. One of the, you know things we do when we're talking to customers is to just implore them to look at the, the their owner and what is likely to be happening for the next few years. They typically sign five to 10-year leases. Right. And so they're getting married for quite a bit of time. <laughs> and and a lot of comp, a lot of investors and companies do build the buildings. They fill them up. They're great buildings. And then they sell them maybe to investors. That may be fine. You just don't know which investor is going to going to buy the buildings mm-hmm. and what they're going to do with the buildings. Correct. And so uh, we have seen, especially in this capital crunch, a you know a reduction in some of our competitor investments in their buildings. Not because they're bad people, but the, the money just isn't there. We've been we've been fortunate that we hadn't had to, to retract, but we're we're being careful with our capital too. So if I'm a tenant what things might I do in my current space to incorporate some of these higher quality amenities? In terms of talking to your owner or incorporate in the space itself. So it, in the space itself, what we're seeing, you know, we, we are seeing quite a bit of customers that wanting to re-energize their office, may, maybe changing up their office. They may mm-hmm. incorporate glass walls or collaborative areas where there were were private offices, they may open them up to collaborative areas. So we're seeing the the landlords and owners being asked to, hey, I want to stay here. I may want to downsize. I may want to expand, but I need to spruce up the space for my employees. We are, we're seeing that. So 
You have to have an, an owner that has the capital to do that. As a as a tenant or customer, we call them customers. You know, if you're looking at the park, the building, or whatever, and just approaching your landlord and saying, "Hey, we need to look at this. The bathrooms are 28 years old. Can you upgrade the bathrooms?" <laughs> I mean, I think that that's important for the customers to express what their their needs are and uh, what they expect to to pull their employees back in. Well, and that's good that you've got that close enough relationship that y'all can have that dialogue and that you're open to that. Right. Well, we hope we have that dialogue with them. We're, yes. we're working on it. So. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Are you seeing more tenants ask for early renewals so they can take advantage of those type of improvements? I think they call that what blend and extend. Right. Exactly. We are, Kim. We've we've seen some. It's not a an overwhelming amount of that, but we're seeing some of some of that and. We're, you know, depending on what the amount of the the blend is or whatever, we're we're happy to talk about that. We we do quite a bit of of extensions, lease extensions and expansions because of the, our investment in the space for the customers these days. And so, you know, it's interesting. Over the uh, the past quarter, you, you'll find this interesting. We had three to one expansions versus contractions in our in our deal making. Really? Which is it all goes under the radar. It's kind of bizarre because sure. you don't you don't hear it in the news, but there are a lot of professional firms that are expanding versus contracting, and part of that is they they their business is doing well, mm-hmm. and they they have a pretty positive outlook, and mm-hmm. so they're asking the landlord, "Hey, can you help invest in this for me? I'll extend the leases." So we're seeing a pretty decent amount of that. That's awesome. And when tenants come back and ask for that expansion or those higher quality improvements, what effect does that have on the rent? And not just for Highwoods, but as a as a landlord, are you asking for more term? Are you asking for higher rent rates? Share with our audience a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Over the last probably five years in a row, the the market in Raleigh the, the rental rate market has grown by about five plus percent each year. Now, part of that is because we have new buildings that are coming on. It, you know, the cost to build buildings is is fairly expensive mm-hmm. compared to what it was before. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, ten Absolutely. years we won't think is expensive, but so we're we're seeing that in investment, and and so you're seeing the top grade buildings. The rents are going up. Customers are not shying away from paying higher rental rates. They're, as long as they can get, you know, capital for their improvements, as long as they may be able to get some kind of free rent to help them with their move or certain things that Mm -hmm. they need to have, Mm -hmm. they're willing to trade off term and the the rate to get some of these things that they want to to serve their Mm -hmm. employees and customers. We're seeing some of the same things. So, all right, Skip, here you go. Uh-oh. We need you to break out your crystal ball. Oh, good. <laughs> and share with us what you think the future holds for office and how tenants will use their space in the future. So I do think there will be, as far as use, Kim, I think there will be a, a pretty good amount of collaborative use in the in the buildings and in the spaces that the, that our customers use, whether that's within their own space in the building or within a space that's provided by the building. And and so I'll see that happening a lot. I do see continued growth 
believe it or not. You would look at the headlines and you may think it's not going to be growth. I, I think I'm I'm pretty bullish on folks coming back to the office. It continues to increase mm-hmm. and it will continue to increase and we'll follow the you know what the Europeans and the Asians and that kind of thing are doing, I believe. And so I, I think rental rates will continue to trickle up. It's it's gonna happen, but that's gonna be less important than making sure that as we talked, that the amenities and the investment in the space is is taken care of mm-hmm. by the landlord. So I'm feeling pretty good. Now I say that our stock at one point, a couple of years ago, was at fifty dollars a share. It's today, I think it's around twenty-seven dollars a share. We have had great earnings for nine straight quarters. And wow. yet our stock has gone down, and that's because the market just doesn't know what to think. What's going to happen? Is office going to be relevant or that kind of thing? Well, it's gonna, it is going to cost more to build buildings. It's going to cost sure. more to fit buildings. And so with that, I, I'm less concerned about the earnings that we're going to have. We're, we may have a blip here or there on occupancy rates, but our our earnings are not going to suffer significantly. You know, this coming year, we're expecting our earnings will dip a little bit for the first time in a while, only because interest rates have gone up. But it's not significant. And we hope that we can overcome that with, you know, providing spaces and leasing up the space. We've got great activity. It's amazing. In a, with the fear of recession, we've got really, really good activity going on in our in showings and was put out there. It's it's pretty encouraging. And so at some point in time, I think folks are going to get used to hybrid is okay. It's not the it's right. not the downfall of the office market. It just isn't. And it's going to and recession may or may not be here. Soft landing, no landing, whatever landing. People are going to come back to the office and they're going to enjoy working with their mentors like I have and they're going to learn more and I think it's going to be a place where people gets what I call get back to office normal like it was pre-pandemic <laughs> here and probably in the next it may take a couple of years before the the overall market comes to grip and believes it you mentioned the hot activity that you're seeing on the leasing front is that across all markets I mean we all know how hot Raleigh is right now yeah it's interesting it it is it's pretty hot across all of our markets we're in the Sun Belt and you know a lot of these southern cities that you talked about John and so we've been fortunate that we're in the right places where the yes. where folks are moving right so I, I I think the trend will continue to go there we're we're exiting a market where we don't think it's going to be there's going to be growth it's not in this in the Sun Belt area and so we're we're being pretty strategic we just entered Dallas we've entered Charlotte in a bigger way as well and uh, as you guys know there are those cities are top 10 in emerging trends and stuff. We've, we're in six of the 10 top 10 emerging trends cities to be for you that ULI puts out. And, uh, and so hopefully we're crossing our fingers. It continues, that move continues in the Southeast. Well, we love the strategic decisions y'all are making. And as we've all talked about, we're so fortunate to be in one of the hottest markets, certainly in the country. And we too believe that trend for growth here will continue. And we look forward to whether it's it's a pending storm or no storm. We, we know that we're going to weather the storm. Yep. And we're going to come out the other side fine. We are. We've got headwinds. That's, that's yes. I, mean, I, I don't well want to be said. totally poly, you know, positive, Pollyannish, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Because there are, there are challenges, but we, we think we have 
a strategy, t- as we've talked about, to to address those challenges. And we may go up and down a little bit, but we're long term, it's going to be up. Let's shift gears just a little bit. You mentioned one of your great mentors, Ed Fritch, and we at Phoenix Commercial Properties had the pleasure of having Ed come and speak to our team a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic. And one of the things that he mentioned was the development for Highwoods going forward, the properties that they develop would be developed with repurposing in mind. And the example he shared was kind of interesting. He shared that when you think about building parking lots, parking garages in particular, that they would be built at a height that would accommodate an alternative use such as office in the future should that need ever arise. It's pretty foresighted given the pandemic. What, if any, properties is Highwoods currently repurposing? So to your point, Kim, we're, we're not really – I thought that was such a a forward-thinking idea by, by Ed in terms of the parking decks. We haven't gotten there yet. We haven't, you know, developed the parking decks with that height. But we have looked at buying parking decks, whether to provide for other opportunities of teardowns and building taller buildings or what. We're, we're doing that. When we're buying – Looking at buying parking decks, which is counterintuitive, especially given today's environment, we're probably looking at a longer-term strategy of at one point, in some point in the future, we may tear the deck down and build something on top of it. Or we may build buildings adjacent to it and use that as the supplement to the parking. So we've got that. We have a building in the carry area that we're just getting out of the batter's box in terms of looking at converting it from an office building to multifamily. We have to do some. Interesting. Um, we have to do, and, and we're working with people that know more about multifamily than we do. Yeah. And so we're just starting to see a little bit of that trending. It's it's happening in the bigger, you know, gateway cities, some of this office buildings conversion. We haven't seen much of it in the, in the, in the triangle at all. But I think over time it'll start coming here. And so we're dipping our toe in the water with this particular building, and we'll see where it goes. Oh, I love that. We look forward to following that. <laughs> that is exciting. What other new development projects is Highwoods planning or working on currently that you can share with us? Yeah, so you know, fortunately we have, we're in about seven sub-markets in the Triangle area, and we have the capacity to expand on those site. One of the things we're looking to do that's changed, and typically in the past, when I say past three years plus ago, we would look at, okay, can we build more office buildings on this site and that kind of thing? But now we're looking at other ideas. Can we build multifamily to supplement the office? Can we build more office as well as multifamily, as well as retail? And so we are looking at some of the properties. Yeah, we've got four different parks that we're looking to do that in. By the way, your park's one of them. We heard a rumor, <laughs> <That's> maybe. <right. laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, we're looking at, you know, whether it's adding retail, restaurants, breweries, those kinds of things. We're looking to to put those in some of our, our development projects. We'd love to have some of all of that in our parks. <laughs> well, we're, 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 we're planning it. Now, whether we can pull it off, we'll see. But we've, we've got good, good activity on that as well. That's exciting. 
when you're developing new office products or new products in general, what influences your design? Where where do you get your inspiration for the cool architecture and the interiors that are so in demand by tenants? Yeah, we ha- we have good partners. Well, first of all, we've got really really talented folks in our executive team that have been through different places throughout the country and have seen different things and they have pretty good vision. And so they're they're talking to other folks around the country as well. We have good teammates, our architects that are coming up with ideas. You know, whether it's um, a 40-story tower in downtown, we we bought it we bought a site in downtown. We had the original plan was to build it 20 to 25 stories. And then we had a partner from out of market in a gateway city said, "Hey, we've done this somewhere else. We can do a mixed vertical mixed use facility." 40 stories that we knew. So we're spending a lot of time looking at that kind of thing with some of our buildings. But to your question, Kim, I don't know if there's a specific answer. It depends on the park and the setting and that kind of thing. But it's, it's a lot of our, our partners that are helping us come up. We, we, we have this thing we, we do called the North star. We look at our, for the North star. What is going to be our driver? So at your park, at Corporate Center, what is the driver for Corporate Center? What is What do we want it to be in 10 years, starting now? And so that. we will collaborate with different folks, whether it's architects or customers or whatever, and say, what do we want to do? And then we come up with our North Star. This is our vision now. Let's figure out architecture and let's figure out other stuff that, that surrounds that. So you're not traveling to Italy or anything and getting some inspiration. <laughs> no, but I tell you what. So our our chief operating officer, a guy named Brian Leary, he travels quite a bit doing that kind of thing. He's he's traveled all over. He went on a tour. We had a customer that was looking um, for some ideas and understanding that we are in fact looking around the country at different ideas and internationally. And Brian has an incredible amount of a background and understanding and visitation to different cities that, that we're, we are looking at different places to get that kind of inspiration. That would be a fun role. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> the director of inspiration. Well, I tell you what, this, this guy, Brian Leary, our COO, shouldn't call him this guy, but is just, he's, he is brilliant. He's really creative and good. So. That's awesome. So what's been the coolest project you've had the honor of working on? So I've I had the honor of working on a project that's a the the MetLife campus. It's a tech, it's the International Technology Center for MetLife. It's a three building project that we put together about seven years ago, and it was really fun. I mean, just not only the competition trying to figure out to attract them to this area, but also attract them to what we ended up being in in what a development called Weston, which is in Cary. And so just the pursuit and the creativity you just talked about and uh, working with a lot of teammates to make this thing happen. And, you know, for, fortunately, we were able to get that particular deal. Ironically, you may have heard now it's three buildings. One of the buildings now has been subleased by Apple. The other two buildings by MetLife, you would think, well, shoot, MetLife's giving up space. They're probably letting people go. They're adding people to these particular um, two buildings and so that's been the, the most fun project for me. 
That's exciting. Our colleague, her husband works with MetLife in the IT department. So we know they're adding. He's quite busy. (laughs) (laughs) And those buildings are are beautiful just from a visual standpoint as you drive by. And it is, you really can see that that campus is, is setting an environment for those employees and staff to truly thrive within those buildings. So you have created really that environment that you've spoken about previously, and we get a chance to ride by it every now and again and see it in reality. So that is, that is, I love that. Well, it is cool. I think, I think God created the environment. We've got a 500-acre lake crab tree. It's just beautiful. It's magnificent. And then it's next to 5,000-acre Umstead Park. I mean, how cool can that be for, yes. for employees? Very cool. Makes me want to go to the office. <laughs> so let's shift gears just a little bit and talk about acquisitions. You you mentioned acquiring some land. And you also mentioned that you acquired a building in downtown Charlotte not too long ago. You've got your new headquarters in downtown Raleigh that you just recently acquired. So one might think that Highwood's strategy is to focus on downtown districts in particular. Can you share with us some factors that led to those recent purchases and what your strategy might be going forward? Not to give away any secret sauce or anything. No, there's no secret sauce. It's it's pretty – it's not as simple as it may say, but but we believe in downtown Raleigh and downtown Charlotte. We may not believe in every downtown of the markets we're in, but most of them we do. We're not focused singularly on downtowns. We are the suburban – you know, suburban mm-hmm. used to be a bad word, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It is a really, really good word, and CBD is a really, really good word. So it just depends on what's the best business district. We've de- we have chosen that downtown Charlotte is the best business district. It's going to survive, thrive for years. Downtown Raleigh is going to be a best business district. It's going to survive and thrive. You know, it's interesting. Downtown Raleigh has gotten some some negative press on, you know, it's not a lot of people seem to be there and different things. And and yet there are people there. The, the restaurants are opening. Mm-hmm. We own about a million and a half square feet. So we're invested in downtown Raleigh in a big way. We're collaborating with downtown Raleigh Alliance, the city of Raleigh, lots of folks to really energize downtown. And so we, we believe in that. But, Kim, you know, we it it isn't just focused on CBDs. It's focused on whatever the best business district is. So, you know, we bought a building in in North Hills. That is a best business district. And so we we like that. So every year I give a list of candidates that I'd – of buildings I'd like to buy. If I were king for a day (laughs) and I could just buy whatever I want off the shelf, what are the 10 buildings that you would want to buy? And there, you know, a lot of those in North Hills and different places in suburban – as well as downtown are, are buildings that are on the list. That's awesome. So we love how way, well maintained your properties are. We've said that multiple times. Does Highwoods do all of its own property management? Do you do property management for others? So answers pretty much mostly yes, we do our own property management in the Raleigh market, with the exception of we own a building in North Hills Cap Trust, and Kane Realty manages that for us because it's part of a very intricate group of buildings, and they do a good job. But for the rest of the buildings, we do 
manage those here in Raleigh. We do manage third parties some. Typically, it's from relationships we have had in the past. It's not what we pursue. It, we do it as because of relationships that we may have. And so, so we do that. In Charlotte, on the other hand, is we have Lincoln Harris that handles all of our management and leasing for our buildings in that particular marketplace. They have a, you know, they, they've been in Charlotte for a long time and there are a lot of things, and so we have a lot yes. of confidence in them. And then the other markets, generally we manage it ourselves. But does Highwoods do property management for other landlords? Could somebody get in on Highwoods' secret sauce of property management? Um Yes, they could. It's probably unlikely that another landlord who leases office space would want us to handle the management of their space. We could look at doing that, and we think we do a pretty good job, And but we haven't pursued that. So earlier on in our conversation, you mentioned enhancements and improvements to properties as well as changes to make buildings more efficient, et cetera. What are some of the initiatives that Highwoods is implementing in some of its buildings to make them more efficient and more, I hate to say user-friendly, but more tenant-friendly? In, in terms of that particular question, Kim, you know, obviously now being a public company, we're very concerned with you know, matters of ESG and that kind of thing. So all of our sure. buildings that we develop and we pursue have some sort of, try to get some sort of lead designation or something that's... A, a, akin to the lead designation for all of, for all of our buildings. We don't have it for all of our buildings, but we are we continue to pursue it and that involves maybe changing systems or different things. So we're we're looking at doing that. So we're we're we are very very sensitive to that. We get graded by Wall Street by how we take care of the buildings and how we take care of water and how we take care of electricity and how we take care of all kinds of stuff in the buildings. So Absolutely. It's important. And then tenants vote with their feet, too, right? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Skip, this has been just absolutely awesome. Thank you so much. As we wrap up this edition of Commercial Real Estate Matters, what nuggets or insights would you like to leave our audience with? You know, I've said it a little bit earlier, and I don't want to say it too much again, but, you know, there is a flight to quality. It's a flight to a location that fits that particular company. It's a flight to a new building that fits their what they want to their image they want to portray. It's a flight to a building that's 20 years old that's very well maintained that's in a area that they want to be in. It's a flight to a, an an owner who invests in not only in the buildings from a capital standpoint but from an operational standpoint and from an interaction with a customer standpoint. So all of those, that flight to quality is, is, encompasses all those things, not just new buildings. And new buildings are great. We're building new buildings. We've got one going up at Glen Lake right now, and we're excited about it. But it's, we're fortunate to have the 91, 92% uh, occupancy through a pandemic area because we, we think we do the other things pretty well. So. Well, and I think aligning with your customers who believe in themselves and who have Perhaps a like-minded philosophy with Highwoods. Sometimes as I'm listening, I'm thinking perhaps we are more equally woven than I thought because we invested in ourselves in the midst of the pandemic and moved into a nicer facility to really create the environment that we believe our staff and 
our brokers deserve. And it's a it's maybe even a testimony to to exactly what you just emphasized. And and it perhaps looking back on it, it was one of the most strategic investments we've ever made in ourselves. Now we just need to get a brewery out there for you, right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I think you're I mean, that's that's right. So I like that alignment. <laughs> yeah, we do as well. Thank you again, Skip, and thank you for sharing how High Woods has become such a great leader in all of its markets that it serves. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. We do appreciate the time, Skip. Best of luck to you and your family and certainly the High Woods team. We just appreciate who y'all are. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Commercial Real Estate Matters. We hope you've enjoyed learning about the latest trends and news in the industry. As always, we welcome your feedback and suggestions. Please consider following us on social media or subscribing to this podcast to stay up to date on all the latest news. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you.